0: Big, goofy-looking helmets that all 32 NFL teams were wearing through preseason practices and training camp, uh, in particular at the contact positions, meaning the offensive and defensive lines, linebackers, running backs, wide receivers, so forth. Remember those? Wow, did they actually make a difference. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way. Bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of penguins and pirates that I hope you'll check out. Dust of the Super Bowl has mostly settled other than Juju Smith-Schuster ticking off half of the Eagles on social media. If you're interested in that, go find him. (laughs) That's not really my thing, but it's not exactly uh, out of the realm of the ordinary for that particular individual. I found this way more interesting and way more relevant to the future of football. The NFL issued a report that said that concussions for players at these contact positions that I'm talking about dropped by 52% compared to the previous three-year average. And within that... Within that, most of the concussions that occurred in the preseason in these training camp and practice settings were the result of contact directly to the face mask, which, of course, is not covered by this soft padding. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to see. Which means that the number is actually far greater. And when I use the term greater, I actually mean great. Great. In this sense, because the health and the vitality of these players does matter. It might not to some who watch football uh, purely from the betting standpoint or view it as something of a meat market. Ah, guy got hurt. Get him out of there. Get somebody else in there. But for those of you who appreciate that these are human beings with futures and families and all that other stuff, this is amazing news. And I'm going to read it to you one more time here just to make sure we're completely clear. Tight ends, linebackers, and offensive and defensive linemen, they were required to wear what are called guardian caps. Now, uh, there's all kinds of derisive terminologies for these things. You know, the great gazoo helmet and everything related to a a 50-year-old cartoon character who wore this giant oversized helmet. The concussions dropped by 52%. And even then, most of those were hits to the face mask. That was an eight year low in concussions before the NFL season. Now, what isn't known and what isn't tracked is what impact might have been had as the practice of wearing those caps through regular season sessions, meaning, you know, Wednesday through Friday workouts on the field. And Mike Tomlin did have those in play way more often than not. But this alone is a really big deal. And I look at that from the standpoint of not only, yeah, you know where I'm going with this, okay? But not only, here's impact that occurs in a practice drill. Here is a player running a play that the other guy knows, and they're not trying to kill each other, and they're minimizing concussions. Well, now take that into a game setting. And think of all the potential positives out of this. What about when you go into a guy full force with your helmet? Of course, it's illegal. Of course, you want to discourage it anyway, but you're not doing as much damage, are you? How about this one? And this actually came up in this report, and I probably should have mentioned it. Quarterbacks were less likely to hurt their hands by smacking into someone's helmet. And you've seen that. You've seen uh, Pittsburgh quarterbacks break a uh, finger or hurt their hand in other ways just by the follow-through of a pass. And they'll hit the helmet, sometimes of their own guy, but sometimes of an on-rushing defender. And boom, there they go. And there goes, 20 million, 30 million, whatever it is, of cap hit right to the infirmary. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect. Rigor. Relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Now, now, the next point that I want to make is that we're five minutes into this segment. And I'm about to bust you here because you just spent the entire five minutes listening to this saying to yourself, but they look so dumb. (laughs) Come on, admit it. (laughs) Not that they look dumb. That's obvious. They do look dumb. But admit that that was the thing that you're thinking about. And you know what? If that's true, if that's accurate, then you would have something in common with pretty much all 53 guys on the Steelers roster and then multiply that times 32. They all know it. They all see it. And they're aware of it. These guys have some sense of... Uh, and not just style, but also pride. There's a way that you grow up as a kid, seeing yourself as a football player, seeing yourself as an NFL player. And then you get to the NFL and they make you put on this stupid lid. You know, this actually will be the thing that would be the hardest to overcome. It really will. I don't think the NFL would be able to clear this through the NFLPA without some kind of significant battle. And it'd be mostly based on that or not, or not. Maybe we've reached the point of some kind of significant enlightenment on this subject. Maybe Damar Hamlin, even though he didn't get hurt by a helmet, and even though he said himself over this past weekend that the doctors are still working on exactly what happened to him, and that it is not definitive yet. There's all kinds of theories. There's one in particular. But if you have an idea that having the soft helmet on is going to reduce even one situation like that or spare any, any meaningful percentage of the NFLPA's membership, the horrors that get described related to CTE. Look, I don't have a problem talking about this. I know this isn't the sexiest, hottest subject when it comes to The NFL, it makes a lot of people cringe and it turns a lot of people away. They'd like to think that everybody's just fine out there all the time. But Hamlin did happen. And Ryan Shazier did happen. And every sport needs to look into every reason why any such injuries occur. But especially, especially when they occur on a really regular basis, which is the case with CTE. It's quieter, it doesn't make for the kind of horrific visuals that we saw with Hamlin and Shay's here. But it's really, really bad. And this news that I just read to you was really, really good and here's hoping that it does get embraced. when we come back J1Q. Q comes from Deontay. And no, it's not that Deontay. This one spells it differently. He spells it D-E-O-N-T-E. He asks, I think the Super Bowl made clear that defense no longer wins championships. The Eagles have what the Steelers aspire to have on D. Great pass rush, great DBs. And Patrick Mahomes nullified it. Do you think we can make any changes to the team building philosophy after this Super Bowl? The first response I have, Deontay, is that you don't do anything in response to any single game at any stage of a team's history. It's, it's insane. It's just too small a sample size. Even though I kind of get what you're saying, the Eagles were built a certain way over the long haul. They got to the big game and they got undone. But it's still just one game, and the Eagles did extraordinarily well to get where they are. And you know what? A break here or there, and we wouldn't be having this conversation at all, which is why small sample sizes are really perilous in terms of any sort of uh, serious analysis. I have noticed, however, that there's a longer-term pattern of however it is that the Super Bowl shakes out, we declare that that's where the NFL is now. We'll say defense no longer wins championships. That was a thing of the past. Offense is this. Defense is that. It's just one game. It's the biggest game, but it's still just one. My feeling for quite a while now, and it's supported by a whole lot of data, is that offense is what gets you where you need to get to on a more consistent basis. When you're talking about team building, you're not talking about winning a single game. You're talking about everything that it takes to get to that game. You will hear that, Deontay, from every sports executive in every league around the world. The team building component gets into not only the talent that you need, not only the type of talent that you need, but also the depth and everything else because they're building it For the hardest part, which is to get to that game, to get to that final. I'll ask you this right back. If you were running the Eagles and you just got that kind of performance out of Jalen Hurts, he had the fumble, but he was just, I'm sorry, he was brilliant. Otherwise, that is a brilliant Super Bowl performance. And the guys who should have been your strength. On defense, particularly Javon Hargrave, who I was pumping up quite a bit last week on this show, and I thought he'd be the pivotal factor in the game. Turns out he was, but not necessarily for all the right reasons. Didn't have a bad game, five tackles, four solos, the Eagles only TFL. But guess what? That was a team that was built on sacking the quarterback, and they did that exactly zero times. Zero times. Is that just a down performance? Is that a great offensive scheme? Is that the Kansas City O-line playing over their heads for a day? Maybe it's any and all of those things. But what would you do if you were the Eagles? Do you let Hargrave walk? You know he's a free agent now, right? You let him walk? and they might not be able to keep him for cap uh, compliance purposes, but I'm just saying all other things being equal, would you say, eh, we can spend that money better on somebody else? No. No! He got you there. Didn't have the best game of his life. Got beat. It happens. Do the Eagles have to instead take a whole bunch of their money and move it to the offensive side and make sure that Jalen Hurts has better weapons? I don't know. I don't know. Because I sure liked what I saw of A.J. Brown in that game. I liked what I saw of Miles Sanders all season long. Kid from Woodland Hills up until this game. But guess what? It came out after the fact that he was pretty banged up after the first quarter and really wasn't much of a runner. And when the Philadelphia had to go to their other backs, it didn't work out anywhere near as well. i try to actually answer your question here. I don't see a trend changing as a result of this game. The NFL has been about offense for quite a while. It's been a long time since you had a team that just defensed its way. To a world championship. So nothing changed here. I agree with your take that it's principally about offense, but I also don't think the Eagles exactly sucked offensively, meaning all year long, or for that matter, in this game. They put up 35 points in a Super Bowl. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.